You gotta ask yourself, what are you fighting for? Adonis Creed has been challenged by Victor Drago, son of the man who killed his father. I'm taking the fight. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. This kid was raised in hate. He's dangerous. This won't be the end of me. Or you. Because we're a team. Creed 2, rated PG-13. made it all the way to the end of the films creed 2 which came out in 2018 is the last one of uh, our series well at least for now unless there is a creed 3 uh, we will have an epilogue segment after uh, after this show so there, w- there will be one more episode but kind of feels uh, i'm a little sad like i really enjoyed watching all of these films all over again and in pretty rapid fashion i've never done the whole binge watch rocky thing where you know you're watching every every movie you know in succession and so this is kind of a first a first for me just watching it every week and and you know just to prepare for this show but i i'm sad like i kind of was like ah i don't i don't want this thing to end i've been having such a good time yeah, um, like and when you do watch them that way, you kind of pick up on little things that maybe you didn't notice to play from one film to the next. Um, but I guess with this one, when we spoke about Rocky Four, you know, what we talked about was how this was the most of its time film in the entire series. And it's kind of amazing that they were able to find a way to go back to it so many years later and have it come across as real and relevant. You know, I think that's both a testament to what a good job they did on this and also to how iconic those characters have become because you could just tell as the details of this film started to come out and people got an idea of what the direction was going to take people were really excited about it and I think you know it was Sloane who had the idea for this kind of father and son storyline and we talked a bit about this in the last episode you know talking about fathers are fighters who have famous fathers to follow in their footsteps and have to live up to that expectation and that's expanded a lot in this movie it's really kind of the core team um throughout the story um you know and that goes for whether it's donnie's relationship with apollo or um, Drago's relationship with his son or even Rocky's relationship w- with his, his son Robert um, and you know all of those are kind of affected by what happened in Rocky 4 um, we have a new director on board Ryan Coogler who did such a you know great job on the first Creed movie stepped away uh, Stephen uh, C- Cable Jr. Uh, is coming in uh, this is the first film also where we were out one of the original producers. We mentioned last time that Robert Chardoff had passed away shortly before uh, Creed 1 was released. You know, his son, William, is involved, though, again, as he was in the, the, the first film, as well as Erwin Winkler and, you know, his two sons, Ch- Charles and David. Sloan's, of course, helping out as a producer as well, and as well as writing and acting. And... Aside from that, we have most of the major, the majority of the characters who appeared in that uh, first Creed film are returning for this one, and also returning is Dolph Lundgren and Brigitte Nielsen as 
Ivan Drago and Ludmilla Drago and we're introduced to their son Victor who is played by uh, Florian Montagnu and you know he obviously is set up to be the obvious next big foe for Adonis Creed okay so I don't I don't remember exactly how much I knew about spoilers for both uh, Creed and Creed 2. I tried to stay away from like the insider things about the making of the film because I didn't want to be spoiled on how the story was going to go. So when and, and we will we'll go over the, the film in a second. We'll talk about these characters a little bit in more detail. But when Brigitte Nielsen shows up, like it was one of those things where I was like, I really hope she's in this film in some way. And when she was, I was surprised, but also so happy because that is a nod to the fans. That that is a fan service thing. You you it, it, you know, if they decided to not have her in the film, but have her as uh, sort of a reason for for uh, Ivan Drago and Victor Drago to to be the way that they are. That would have worked fine, too. But just to have her in those two small scenes, really just I was jazzed. And then the second thing, as far as this fan service thing, is because Milo Ventimiglia, between Rocky Balboa and Creed Two, all of a sudden becomes one of TV's biggest American stars. And so in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, there's a perfect thing here to where we we get reintroduced to Robert. But I didn't know if it was going to happen or not. And as we get to the end of the movie, I was kind of bummed out because I'm like, oh, man, you know, they're not they, they didn't pay him to, to do the short thing. And then he's in it at the very end. So really good fan service type of things in this movie as well. And just overall, like, you know, this story of Drago's son and Apollo's son battling like I, I don't remember exactly you know when I thought or when I heard but wow what a like a just a smart story and one that was so easy to tell and I remember when Stallone was teasing Stallone's is such a big tease on his uh social media on his Instagram when we started to hear about the story he posts a picture of Brock Lesnar <laughs> <laughs> as, as if to say here you know he may he may uh you know be be a part of creed, creed 2 in some way and he's just like he's just really pulling everyone's leg yeah but I don't, also I, like when, when they were first kind of settling this out they kind of were, were showing pictures of like you know drago from R- rocky 4 standing up to is it like standing eye to eye with Donnie? And it kind of almost teased like he was actually going to be fighting Ivan as opposed to his son in kind of some of the initial publicity as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was, I mean, you know, as far as the idea, I think it's a, it's an easy idea. It's if you are a fan of the series, it's very easy to understand. Like, like we had said, Rocky four was the biggest movie box office wise of the whole thing. So if you're going to do some sort of relationship to a movie, that's the one to do because it's the one that most people saw and it's right smack dab in the middle of the eighties and cable. And so it's probably been seen more than any other film in franchise as well. So, all right. So there's one other thing I wanted to talk about and we, you know, we didn't really delve into this too heavily, but I just wanted to bring it up because it is part of the storytelling in an interesting way. 
But in uh, when we were talking about Rocky Two, there we talked about an interview that Muhammad Ali had with Roger Ebert, and at the end of this interview, Muhammad Ali was basically saying that you know the role as Rocky had to be the way that it was. He says, because for a black man to come out superior would be against America's teachings. I've I've been so great in boxing. They had to create an image like Rocky, a white image on the screen to counteract my image in the ring. And so he's basically saying that he, you know, the the great white hope. We've talked about this prior that, you know, that idea of just the great white hope. And so I think where Creed is subtly very powerful is that it is really the opposite of that story of that story that gets told in movies a lot, a story that story that gets told in the narrative of boxing a lot, where in this case you have an African American son of Apollo Creed who was patterned very much after Muhammad Ali, and he is the protagonist here. And the antagonist in in the film is Tony Bellew, who uh playing pretty Ricky Conlin. And then here with uh, Victor Drago. Not that that is the story of the film. I, I'm not saying that that is, you know, a, a major telling point, but I did want to mention it because, you know, this is sort of a, you know, we, we've been going this whole way. And that comment from Ali stood out to me. And when Creed and Creed 2 finished, I thought, wow, like what a, what a great way to kind of, you know, Ali's not here to see that change, obviously, but, you know, it's, it's just something the opposite of, of what he he was, you know, he, he was seeing in, in this film. So I just wanted to make that point before we move on, unless you had something to say about that. No, move on. OK, so let's talk about the story here. Um, the movie opens with uh, it doesn't have the, the normal open as uh, as Creed one and Rocky Balboa didn't either. The normal way of these movies opening with the story of uh, the fight from the previous film. So you see uh, baby Drago, a.k.a. Victor Drago. He's basically beating someone and it looks very similar to adonis's fight in in mexico from from creed one sort of dark you can tell not a lot of not a lot of fans this one is probably a little bit more of a of an actual uh an actual crowd and 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 ticket seller than adonis's was but you see this very large man just beating uh someone pretty badly and uh they compare and contrast that with donnie's fight against stuntman danny wheeler on HBO Boxing at the MGM, and our our buddy Roy Jones finally made it into the uh, Rocky franchise. I was going to mention that, mention that too. They finally got him in as the commentator. Um, but yeah, with something you said there about how they contrast, you know, Donnie's life and where he is in his career with with where Victor is. Like that's something they do throughout this, which I think is really oh, yeah. very effective. They just they just sh- show the two characters side by side. So Donnie, he is now fighting for the heavyweight championship. So he's put on a little bit of weight. Andre Ward put on a little bit of weight as well, but not in the same way that Michael B. Jordan did. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is jacked to the gills in this film, and he looked really good in the previous one. But he's Andre was clearly... retired. Andre was retired by this time. He could, he's allowed to put on a little bit of weight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, fight is about uh, you know the, their previous gym fight in Creed One, where uh, Wheeler takes uh, Adonis's Mustang. So the fight is for the championship, but also to get Adonis's Mustang back. And 
what I forgot. What I the footage of the fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what what's uh. What I didn't even remember when I watched this again, this is like the third or the fourth time, no, probably fourth time that I've watched it, is because uh, Duke Jr. plays such a big part in Adonis's corner, when he's in Wheeler's corner, I, I almost like didn't even realize that he was in Wheeler's corner, but he's in Wheeler's corner, Rocky is in Adonis's corner, and uh, Adonis knocks him out to, to win the title and to win his car back. They do a- kind of make it clear, though, that he's kind of picking the bones of an older champion. Um, like, it's made clear that Danny Wheeler is not a heavyweight. Like, he's blown up and, like, he's landing some good shots. And the commentators are telling you, like, you know, he would have put people away at a lighter weight. And, uh, you know, this weight doesn't maybe suit him as much and he's a bit long in the tooth. So you are kind of getting that impression right off the bat that maybe Donny's taking a little bit of a hand-picked route. Yes. And also, Buddy Marcel, who we will talk about in a little bit, new character, he basically tells Adonis that, right? Wheeler's three years too late or something like that. So uh, it's also the most I've seen Andre Ward get hit ever is in this movie. Though Kovalev did a pretty good job. In one Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yes. So uh, Duke Jr., uh, like I said, is in Ward's corner. Donnie wins the heavyweight championship. He proposes to Bianca, um, and she accepts, though she uh, she doesn't hear his original proposal, so she didn't know what was going on. And then Donnie asked Rocky how he <laughs> proposed, and Rocky had to tell him about from Rocky Two, where he asked uh, Adrian if she didn't mind marrying him too much. And I, I love, like, Rocky's, like, Donnie's just kind of trying to get the words out. It was like, what did you say? And Rocky's kind of setting this, like the scene and he's totally like we were in the zoo and it was snowing and the tigers were there and Donnie's kind of like move it along rock get to the point <laughs> so obviously Bianca accepts uh, and they are going to move to LA A to move closer to his mom but B because it's a better uh, area for uh, Bianca's burgeoning music career and also what it allows the film to do is, you know, this has been a theme since, uh, you know, in in Rocky, really, since, uh, you know, the third film, which is Rocky loses somebody close to him. Now, Adonis is not going to die here, but moving away just makes Rocky uh, very, uh, he's going to make Rocky alone again. So uh, the, uh, the fight that they want and Buddy Marcel wants is Victor Drago challenging Adonis Creed. Uh, There's a really cool scene uh, that's going to be in my favorite scenes where Ivan Drago shows up at the restaurant at Adrian's and he and Rocky have a conversation about, you know, what's been going on in their lives since their fight. Uh, Donnie watches uh, the first, or Donnie watches his dad fight Ivan on an iPad and I noticed that there was like different commentary on it. Like it wasn't the commentary from the actual fight. So I don't know. Maybe they didn't have the. How could they have not have the rights to the commentary? Like it was really weird. Uh, so uh, Donnie actually learns of this challenge while he's uh, he and Bianca are out for dinner, and he actually thinks it's uh, Wheeler asking for a rematch. But no, it's it's Victor Drago. So, and this buddy, is another thing that they kind of play out side by side as well. Like while that challenge is going on, you're also seeing Rocky and Drago sitting de- sitting down to di- the dinner and dis- discussing 
exactly what what's what's being what's being the, the, the challenge which is being made by the promoter uh, like on live tv and what donnie's watching D- drago and rocky are kind of discussing that in in person so uh then bianca is uh at a she's performing at her concert adonis is kind of in the in the, in the balcony and there's nobody around him and the way that Buddy Marcel sells this fight to Adonis is that, you know, everyone used to know who the heavyweight champion of the world is. And, you know, Adonis, you're kind of by yourself. You know, people give you props in your in your hometown, but, um, you know, not necessarily you're not necessarily a, a world renowned name. And so that's how he tries to sell it, which is, you know, there, there's a bigger narrative here. You could be a, a bigger your legacy could be bigger. And so then um, Donnie shows up at Rocky's house and he says he wants the fight. And there's another great scene, which will be in my favorite scenes, which is they go back and forth about why this is not a great reason to want the fight. And uh, they actually end in Rocky not being in his corner and, and Donnie has to deal with Rocky not wanting to be a part of this. And then... Uh, Bianca and and Adonis show up at Marianne's house and they're having dinner and Adonis is trying to figure out a way to tell Marianne that he's going to take this fight, which he knows will be very frustrating for her. And Marianne thinks that they're there to tell her something else as she basically believes that Bianca is pregnant. Bianca was like, what? No way. They're both like, no way. And then they take a pregnancy test and she is pregnant. Mom knows best. This is like the ultimate awkward dinner conversation. Like, um, you can see that like Donnie's completely agitated about telling her her about this fight. And like, she's she's like three steps ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so he eventually is going to have to tell her She's obviously not happy about it. She, but she also, much like Rocky, wants to know why, and she is not happy with his reason why. He tries to make it about his dad, and she says, "Let's not, let's not go there. Let's not pretend that this is about your father. You won the championship without him." And so, uh, and so, uh, the fight is at Barclays, Drago versus Creed, and. The fight in of itself, uh, we'll talk about a little bit more in, in detail, but essentially uh, Creed is, is is getting really just getting demolished here. And Drago gets DQ'd as he's on his knees. He throws this uppercut that just pulverizes Adonis and he gets disqualified. Rocky is watching it on TV and it's like he's seen a ghost and he turns the TV off and immediately heads uh, on the train to uh, to New Jersey, which is where the fight is. Do you remember, like, I guess in these, maybe it's in, just in these last two films, but all of a sudden Rocky is, like, afraid of traveling? <laughs> what, what, what makes you think that? Just that, like, he didn't, move, he didn't want to move out to L.A.? Or? So, so when Adonis's mom asks him, you know where's Rocky? She's like he's like oh you know he doesn't he doesn't do the travel thing. And then when he arrives at the hospital, um, not not at the hospital, but when he when he arrives in L.A. later in in this movie, he mentions that he took a train and it took him three days. Like there's something about flying with him that I don't know if has really been explained that well. 
Yeah, that, I, I didn't actually really think about that, but like, yeah, it, 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 that, that is kind of men- mentioned, and you know, it, it it is strange because obviously he had to, he took the flight to Russia. Yeah, right. So it's kind of it's kind of weird. I, I don't know. I, it's a little unexplained, and maybe there's other stuff that they took out of the script that explains this a little bit better. Let's take a quick break from the Rocky podcast on Creed 2 so that we can talk about Therawan CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it's like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from Therawan's CBD products. I've actually taken some CBD products before, just uh, the, the, the lotion on the knee. I have a bad right knee. And it was pretty amazing at how it works. So, you know, TheraOne, started by uh, Dr. Jason Worsland, um, it's it's a really cool product. Uh, I, I think generally a lot of people are kind of not, or I would say a little bit unsure about, about CBD. So, as someone who has used it in a lotion before, uh, I, I was very surprised uh, at how it worked. And uh, speaking of uh, Dr. Jason Worsland, uh, it started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. It is organic, which a lot of uh, a lot of products claim to be and are not. They test four times before they get to you, and every product is U.S. DA, certified organic, grown in the U.S., and the extracts are the highest quality available. Use the warming lotion for your morning routine, the cooling lotion, or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun, I'm sorry. Theragun, not TheraOne, theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days. This isn't something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com front slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Theragun.com front slash bluewire. Okay, so Rocky visits Donnie at the hospital, and Donnie's just out of it. He's got like a broken orbital bone. He's got some damage to his kidneys, and he just is out of it. Broken ribs. Broken ribs. And Donnie's upset, I think both because he's embarrassed and he just like took the beating of his life. And he feels like Rocky kind of left him alone on an island in a sense. So he's not happy to see Rocky. He basically just tells him to leave. So... We we get to see the, the 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 Drago family here, and you know part of this story, like you mentioned, is father and son with Ivan and Victor. But also, we'll explain a little bit more in in when we talk about our favorite scenes. This movie is really about Ivan Drago's redemption through his son, because when he lost to Rocky at uh, in you know in in Rocky Four, basically he was propped up as this big person and then when he lost that he was kind of left I, I think he mentioned you know sort of like a uh, a, a dog would, would you know a, a, a random dog in the neighborhood and so when Victor who doesn't win the fight inside the ring because he gets DQ'd but he's clearly you know seen as someone who's important 
And Ivan is relishing in this. He's like so happy that he that they are sort of back on top as a family. And his son is uh, is the reason why. So they're at dinner and it looks like the, it's like a very important dinner with maybe some Russian dignitaries or something. And uh, they give him these special tights that with the Drago name, it's like the Drago name is back. And then we get to see Ludmilla and she shows up and it's like both of them have seen a ghost. Like they were so surprised and Victor does not handle it well. He doesn't understand why all of a sudden, you know, she she wants to be back in their life. So he feels he, he feels very frustrated. And Ivan is basically telling him, like, look, you know, the, we got to ride this train because we're back. And so he's very conflicted, uh, the, the young Drago. So Adonis is having trouble with kind of getting back into the groove. He doesn't really have his purpose. Um, he's, he's kind of scared to go back into training and, uh, he's just not ready to fight again. Marianne sends Rocky, uh, a, a letter or a card, I guess, rather than calling, maybe she doesn't have his phone number, uh, that basically says that Bianca is having a baby. Rocky did not know Adonis didn't share it with him. And, uh, she basically said that Donnie still needs him. What so, I liked about this is like this kind of, to me, played a little bit into what Mickey says in Rocky f- five about like, you know, he would always be there as long as he needed him. And when he, w- when he wasn't there anymore, it would be because, because uh, Rocky was able to take care of himself. And I kind of feel like that is what Marianne is, 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 is striking the reminder of in Rocky that he's kind of like, okay, Donnie's not quite ready to be left alone yet. He still needs you by his side. No, that's a great point. Absolutely. And so Donnie goes to his mom's house and his mom is not there, but Rocky is there waiting for him. And they had just had their blow up uh, both when Rocky wouldn't train him and then at the hospital. And they're trying to, you know, kind of get back to old times. And Rocky's trying to, you know, get what's Donnie's purpose here. And Donnie admits that he was afraid. And that kind of goes back to Rocky three, where Adrian had to get out of Rocky. Like what was, what was his, his, his issue. And he was afraid of the fight with Clubber Lang. Now, Donnie doesn't say that he's afraid of, of Drago. He says he's afraid of uh, living up to the expectations of his dad. And this goes back to buddy Marcel basically saying like, look, like you might be the champ, but you know, your dad had a legacy like he was bigger than than just boxing and so some of that is is on adonis too and there's a deleted scene actually where it's actually an an extended scene of the scene we talked about where donnie and bianca were were first found that uh, they were being challenged by drago and in that scene bianca tells donnie you know it's okay to admit that you want to be a celebrity and he basically says that, you know, it's not really about being famous. It's more about, you know, living into this name and, and, and not just being a boxer or something to that extent. So that is playing on him uh, heavily. And so uh, his, his daughter is born and it's pretty obvious. They don't really tell us fully, but it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that she may have a, a hearing deficit 
Uh, they they talk about it a little bit when she's just born, and they do some tests on her. And and uh, Donnie and and Bianca both, you know, are very hopeful that that she is fully. Uh, she does have her full hearing, and uh, we learn that at least right when she's born. You know, maybe the test. Uh, it could have some false implications or something, but there, there is something there with her not being able to hear like Bianca has been living with this as a musician uh, for the, the two films. So Scott Van Pelt from uh, ESPN does a, a thing on SportsCenter, which I believe is an ode to Brent Musburger in Rocky two, where Apollo Creed is challenging Rocky and Brent Musburger goes, where is Rocky Balboa. Scott Van Pelt does the same thing as, uh, you know, talk, doing his talking segment on SportsCenter, and he says, where is Adonis Creed? So I like that little kind of throwback to, to Rocky II. Uh, so Bianca needs to leave uh, to go kind of, you know, she, she's got a newborn, and, and she just needs to kind of do her own thing, go to the studio. And so she leaves the baby with Adonis, and Adonis is like uh, a deer in headlights, like does not really know what to do here. But, you know, he's like, yeah, you need to, you need to go do your thing. I got it. And immediately the baby starts crying. He calls his mom. He can't figure out how to get her to stop crying. And then he goes to the gym. He uh, And, and uh, the baby seems to be a little bit more calm there, but... You know, he's trying to show her kind of what he does, and he's hitting the bag, he's hitting the bag, and he's finally gets this surge of emotion, and he, I think, I think at that point he finds his purpose uh, in 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 what he, in fighting and in being a dad and in being a new husband. All those things come together for him in that scene. So they come back and this is a weird one for me and i'm gonna i want to ask you i'm, I'm gonna ask you probably more so when we get down to the questions though uh they they agree to the fight but according to buddy marcel the fight has to take place in russia or it's off uh, my, my eyebrows were a little bit raised on, on that one i don't know yeah I, I, have a, I had a question about that too so we'll get to that a little bit later okay so rocky basically tells adonis that he cannot fight in the same way you know, Creed uh, Drago's very long. You can't let him take shots from the outside. You got to get in, you know, get get in close quarters with him. And you know, it, you need to make some big changes. And so we need to make some big changes. And instead of a normal training, um, a normal training site, they go to a desert, I believe, in New Mexico, like near death valley or something I, it's i think that's what what it's supposed to be and they do this really different style of training which is also i think a throwback to rocky four where rocky had to train in like this sort of like creative way he didn't have the weights he didn't have the gym and drago was training like with the with the tip top technology and everything so they kind of take it back to that where adonis is doing you know, really a lot of grunt work in order to train for this fight and really to toughen up or to, to callous up his body to be ready to take uh, the punishment that he'll have to take to win the fight. So Rocky says that he wants him to get used to hell if he's going to go back to it. We get to the fight and Creed is a 25 to 1 underdog as the champion. That one raised my eyebrow a little bit as well. 
instead of wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, he wears uh, like a like a grayish, like black and white style of trunks to show that he's you know he's a little bit more menacing. He's tougher, and uh, he wins this fight in the tenth round after Drago throws in the towel. And I'm going to ask you this question now because it's uh, it, it's the whole thing of this fight, which is. I think as you're watching this fight, the director wants you to kind of figure it out maybe around before we get to the finish. Did you did you remember watching this movie for the first time and sort of realizing, okay, I kind of know what's going to happen here? Yeah, I think I remember turning to my brother and saying like, Drago is going to step up on the apron and show the white white towel. Like cause they were, they were really teasing it, and you they're yeah. making you feel that that that's the direction they're going. But another thing they did in this one, um, that was one of your complaints about Rocky Four is like they didn't have Victor just wilt as soon as the things went against him. He fought right. really bravely. Like he took yes. took took two knockdowns, and you know the and he was still getting up. And the only thing that stopped it is that. Ivan stepped in to, in to save him, and and you know we'll when we get to our our favorite scenes, there is a deleted scene that really explains what you're saying, and I, I'm kind of I don't know, I, not not that I'm frustrated that it's not in there, but gosh, it's such a perfect scene to add in. But we'll we'll talk about that in our favorite scenes, and I'll explain it then. So Rocky, he sees Adonis celebrating, and this kind of goes back to what you're saying with the Mick quote from Rocky Five is that he sees Adonis in the ring and Adonis wants him to kind of come in there with him. And Rocky backs away and he says, it's your time. And he sits back down in the chair. That, that, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that more, but that, that's a very interesting, interesting way to tell this story. Yeah, for me, that kind of closes that loop. It's like, you know, he, like as, as Marianne said to him, he Donnie still needed him for that fight. But you know now, you know Rocky's kind of brought him along and you know taught him what he need what he needed to, needed to know to get through that. And he, like I think it's it's almost like Rocky feels that you know Donnie's ready to create his own part now. And so there is another side by side scene, a side by side scene where Donnie takes his family to visit Apollo's gravesite for the first time. And Rocky decides to visit Robert and so he can meet his new grandson. And so they do the, like you said, they do the side-by-side scenes, which uh, makes uh, both of them very powerful. And, and that is the show, that is They also the show the, the, the Dragos are, are back tra- training together. Right. So, yeah, the, the three fathers and sons uh, in, in that moment. Okay, so the new characters, you mentioned Florian uh, playing Victor Drago, looks like a beast, but there's not a lot. I know he's, a, I know he boxes or boxed. I don't know if he's still a boxer, but there's like such little information on him yeah, online. Like he, he was kind of put across as like, you know, he's a professional, bo- a Romanian professional boxer, but like there is nothing on his actual boxing career. Uh, like he doesn't have a box rec page even. And like you see a lot of guys who might have be one and done with fights in boxing and they'll have a box rec page. So that kind of leads me to believe that he probably hasn't competed as a fighter. Maybe he trains in like a professional fight gym or something like that. You know, you, you kind of think of, you kind of hear about like, you know, 
celebrity hangouts at big boxes. We kind of hear about it a lot with the wild card, for example. Like it's a place that people go because, you know, they want to be seen. It's a cool place to hang out. I wonder if like Florian's kind of maybe, you know, more of a celebrity than a boxer that like, right. you know, hangs out at a professional gym. Or maybe he was, you know, looking at a career in boxing and then, you know, he just saw the opportunities in acting and that's just kind of been the path he's taken instead. Like, you know, he obviously looks physically very impressive. So he is perfect for these kind of action type roles. Um, you know, I feel like if... If he was, if he did have kind of an interest in pursuing a career in boxing, I feel like they would have got him some easy fights directly after this film, just sure. to showca- showcase him and get him out there. Yeah, no, he. I mean, because he looks amazing, <laughs> like just like his bot, like the way he's built. And I, I guess he may have done some like fitness modeling or something as well. But that was really all, all I could find about him. Uh, so another new character, Buddy Marcel, the promoter, played by Russell Hornsby, who is mostly a TV actor, but also has uh, some film credits to him. Big, in, in the film film credit, credits, too. Yeah. The, so the same year as Creed 2 came out, he was in a movie called The Hate You Give, which I really loved, um, which, I mean, is, is it kind of talks a lot about what society's going in, in right now. But he was really good in that film. I think he's a little underutilized here in Creed 2. Uh, I think, you know, he's got much more acting chops than uh, than they necessarily gave him uh, credit for. Uh, but maybe maybe they didn't want him to, you know, be a bigger character than he was. But then I kind of wonder, like, well, why did they cast him if he's just kind of going to be, you know, a little bit behind the scenes? Because uh, I think he's a really good actor. I thought he did really well in what he was given, though. And, you know... It's one like when we talked about Rocky Five, we talked about George Washington Duke, who I kind of didn't like. Way over the, the top. Way over the top. I thought he got the balance right of kind of being charming in, in w- one instance and then kind of a slimy promoter in the very next, which I, I think that there is a good realism to that. And there, like there's one part in particular, which I, it, I'll talk about in my favorite scenes that I thought he was really, really good in. And then uh, back. Again, are our friends Ivan and Ludmilla, and as well as Robert, uh, Rob, which he, who he, who uh, Rocky calls his son Bobby in uh, in one of the scenes. I'd never heard him call him Bobby before. And we'll get you back to the Rocky podcast Creed Two in a second. But uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. Just a few weeks away here. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And so um, let's just get right into our favorite scenes. And so I'll, I'll kick off with, uh, with my first one, which is Drago comes to Adrian's to talk to Rocky about what he's lost. And obviously Rocky has not quite put 
two and two together yet about that he has this son who he wants to fight. He thinks that, you know, Drago's just coming to 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 tell him, uh, you know, sad story about their lives. And Drago uh, looks and he's like, uh, why, you know, how come there's no picture of me in this restaurant? And from that moment, you know, it's not really a joke to Rocky because this is the the first time where we realize that that fight did a lot of damage to him, both emotionally and physically. And Drago says that, you know, I, I, I'm nothing, you know, where, where I live. And then he talks about his son and, and he has, you know, that, that, that he has a son. And then he mentions that, you know, that son uh, could fight against Adonis. And, and Ro- Rocky, you know, Rocky has seen a, a few different ghosts in this, in this movie, but seeing him seeing Drago, is like oh my gosh like what is going on here and i just you know i the uh Dolph Lundgren you know we'll talk about this when we get to our mvp of this movie but i thought geez like he just stepped into this role like everything that i would have thought a broken down ivan drago would be and more like i thought he i thought he was just so awesome in this movie yeah, this is my first favorite scene as well. And it kind of caught me a little bit by surprise because like, you know, when when Rocky comes into Adrian's and he's and like the waitress says to him, Oh, there's a big guy waiting for waiting there for you. You know, you you've just seen Donnie like like that he's in the process of finding out about this fight and my initial thought and i don't know if you got that was that oh maybe donnie's come to talk this through with rocky mm-hmm. and then when he we go to take a seat and it's drago i just said it's really really like okay this is super tense and you know and like as he said like drago's kind of get into oh there's nice pictures why is the no nice pi- pictures why is there no nice pictures of me and rocky's kind of instantly like why are you here? You know, he's not <laughs> not in the mood for small t- 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 talk at all. And you know what? Drago's like telling you, like he's like nobody will touch my name after after what happened between t- 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 between us. You know, and while this is going on, you're seeing the promoter challenge D- Donny to f- f- fight Victor on TV. You know, it's just really, really effectively done. And then um, I think like what Rocky says, he's like, like he says. You know, that was a million years ago. And Drago says, but yesterday to me. Mm-hmm. And what you get from this is like, you know, he has lost everything because of this. And this has haunted him ever since. So like Rocky got to go home after that fight and move on with his life. Drago never got that opportunity. And, you know, then he says like, I have a son, you know, um, all he knows is how to fight. And it's like, that's the, absolute opposite to Donnie like we saw in the first film Rocky was telling Donnie you have an education you have smarts you have money you can do whatever you want the fighting is not like the path you have to go down and what Drago's saying is like my son all he has is fight all he has is to fight and you know he's gonna break your boy and then at the very end of the scene Victor walks into the restaurant and the way Rocky sells it is is great like it's, it's it's like he's looking at drago from 30 years ago w- w- walk into into the re- restaurant and you know it's all the while it's just filling you in on where drago has been this whole time and it's kind of giving you a story that you can empathize with in a lot of ways like because you, know, you have this super proud guy who's been 
because of this defeat, he's be, he's been you know shunned and like you know everybody abandoned him and you know it's not like he's made this big transition into this fan favorite like Drago's not become like the hand slapping baby face like on his way to the ring or something like that he's still the toughest meanest guy out there and like somebody you'll do anything to win but you can feel for what he's had to go through because of this yes the the and then he knows that he's got to rankle Balboa a little bit he's got to make him a little mad because that's part of the fight game. And as he's on his way out, he, he looks at the photo of, of uh, Apollo Creed and he's like, yeah, nice photo. And, you know, he's the one who basically killed Apollo Creed. So my second favorite scene, or my second scene of the favorite scenes, is when Rocky and Donnie are outside and Donnie wants to try and talk Rocky into uh, training him. And, you know, he tells Rocky's going to accept the fight and he realizes that Rocky doesn't think he can win. And I thought this was really good because you actually see Donnie realizing that, oh, like he's just giving all of these excuses. But one of the reasons he doesn't want to do this, in, a, in addition to a few other ones, is because he knows that this guy is a killer. And he doesn't really think Adonis is a killer. Adonis is more of a... Of a, of a boxer. He's a fighter, but he's not a killer. Like you said, he's not someone who was born into boxing. And this is all that he knows. You know, Rocky even tells him like he was raised in hate. And so uh, as uh, as Adonis realizes this, um, you know, he gets so frustrated and Rocky is telling him like, look, you know, you need to do smart things because I'm not always going to be here. And Adonis flips it on Rocky. He's like, well, what about you? Like, you live by yourself. I'm the one who takes care of you. What are you doing that is smart for yourself? And then Rocky uh, basically just says that he can't train him. And then Donnie gets one last dig in about, you know, Rocky not stopping the fight with, uh, with, with Apollo and Drago. You know, the one thing about that is I said this during our Rocky Four podcast is, you know, I know, I know. This is the the perfect thing to play in this movie, that scene. But, but the referee, the referee got pushed and could not stop the fight. So I don't know if Rocky throws the towel in. If anything else changes, but it, you know, it's the perfect, it's the perfect narrative for for what they're trying to get. And uh, and yeah, I just I just thought both of these guys were, you know, were so good here. Yeah, I like. I think like Donnie says, I haven't got a choice. And Rocky says, that's what your father said. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like in Ro- with Rocky, he kind of realizes that like, this is the same conversation he had with this guy's dad. And he even mentions it. He says like, you know, he's talking about his regrets and he said, like that should have been me f- f- fighting Drago in that fight, not 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 Apollo. Um, and he's like, I could have thrown the tail. I I I didn't. And then he's like saying, like you know, when I fought him, he broke b- b- broke things that have never been fixed. Like you know, it's not worth it. And what he's like, what what he's s- s- saying is saying there is just like, look, you don't need this. And Donnie is saying, look, I'm taking it with or without you. And this is a complete contrast to the Conlon fight in the last one where 
Donnie said, you know, the only way I'll take this fight is if you allow it. And, you know, Rocky understands that, like, by not going along with Donnie's plan on this, he may be damaging his relationship with him. And it's the same thing that he felt with Apollo, that maybe, like, this could end their friendship if if he makes this decision. But he's going to take the stand that he didn't take in that fight. And, yeah, I think they are both excellent in this. But I think... A little bit sly maybe outshines Michael B. <laughs> B. Jordan a bit in this. I feel like you get the A plus Rocky and, you know, a B, a, a B Adonis Creed. It feels a little bit like, you know, Donnie is playing a character that's new to him and Sly is just slipping back into a character that's been inside him for the last 40 years. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that I think that's pretty right on. When I did get in that ring, that guy broke things in me they ain't never been fixed it's not worth it not at all why do you want to fight what you talking about I just told you why no you didn't Donnie why do you want to fight I get why they want to fight you I know what they're fighting for what about you Listen to me, you got everything to lose. He's got nothing to lose. When a fighter ain't got nothing to lose, he's dangerous. I'm dangerous. You think I'm gonna lose? I didn't say that. Same guy that said he ain't have enough experience. Raw, right? Yeah. But you don't think I could beat him? Is that what you're trying no. to say? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not going to be here forever. And what's that supposed to mean? It means you got to do some smart thinking. Oh, you want to talk about smart decisions, Rock? You in this house all alone. Who been taking care of you? Me. I've been here for you. Who else you got? Listen. I'm taking this fight with or without you. Uh, okay, so the next scene is this is a small one, and and I just added it because I like the dialogue here, where Marianne and Donnie are talking about taking the fight, and Marianne is calling the BS in Donnie about making this about the, their fathers rather than what he's fighting for, and, that, and that's a common theme in this first fight is you know you got to know what you're fighting for, and the, the you know one thing we didn't mention is. And the very first uh, fight, because there's actually three fights in this movie, the first fight with Danny Wheeler, uh, Rocky is basically telling him, you know, are you fighting for other people? Or are you fighting for yourself? And so they're very much in tune for that fight and then very much out of tune for this fight. And Marianne just basically calls him on his his BS for his his reasoning. Like she she basically calls him out. You, know, you don't really have a reason to take this fight. Like and and so uh, I think that plays into both the the conversation with Rocky and then, you know, what happens and then for the reason to have that second fight. Um yeah, Marianne kind of rules in this film. She has figured out everything already. And the like Danny is playing the classic classic dumb kid who hasn't figured out that like you can't pull the wool over your parents eyes (laughs) like you can do it with other people but you can't do it with them and she sees just straight through it and uh, she's not gonna let him like lie to himself or create a false narrative 
um, when he's trying to make this a kind of like, oh, this is a, this family honor thing, she says, don't make this about me and don't pretend it's about your father. And then she says, like, you don't need my blessing for this fight because it's clear that you haven't got Rockies. And mm-hmm. it's it's very much like she's figured out everything that they had, that Donnie had come to tell her already. But just by Rocky not being there, she knew exactly. Like she was thinking three, four steps ahead, ahead of him. And she's just not going to l- l- let him like, you know, delude himself into t- thinking this. And like, I think the last thing she says is like, you know, I hope... Uh, you're, you, you'll you be around for your your child. So it's mm-hmm. like a really, really uh, t- tough scene. She's very tough on him. But like, I think that's Marianne's role in this film. It's like she connects all the p- pieces back together. She's like, right. she, she's supportive of Donnie, but in a tough way. You know, when Bianca is going through a difficult period with dealing with Donnie when he's like this, she's supportive of her and like, you know, advising her on how to handle it. And she's the connecting glue that brings Rocky back back into that into that triangle. So she has really a big, big role in like how these characters interact uh, in, in this film. Ma, um that fight. Between me and uh, Ivan Drago's son. I'm going to take it. Okay. That's it? What else is there to say? So that doesn't bother you? Oh, you think this doesn't bother me? You're a grown man. It doesn't matter what I or anyone else thinks. If you want to fight this man, that's your business. You don't need my blessings. You clearly don't have Rockies. Rocky don't get it. I wasn't his dad. It changed my life. Your life. You telling me you don't miss him? Excuse me. Do not try to make this about me and don't pretend that it's about your father. So someone who Donnie does pull the wool over is Duke Jr. Because the way he gets Duke Jr. to train him for this fight is by having him look at a picture from, really Ro- cool, yeah. from Rocky II with Duke and Apollo and saying that we have to do it for them because we have a chance to rewrite history. So he BS'd his way with Duke Jr., even though he couldn't do it with Rocky and Marianne. So I really liked the contrast of those conversations. Um, I don't know if... uh, I don't think Duke Jr. is... You know, we've talked about Mick. We've talked about Duke. He is not in the same vein yet as those trainers and you know from when it comes to speaking about life and taking care of your fighters he play he's a little bit of sort of like um i don't, I don't even know how to explain it but he he's he's not the type of character who uh who is the the wise one what i did really like about this again and it was it's a side by side thing again when donnie's asking little duke about fighting drago and he's explaining you know what drago does well and all his strengths they're showing it side by side you hear his voice and you see drago training and doing all the things that he's mentioning in in the footage i think i think that is really really well done the way they do that yeah 
Okay, so then uh, two, uh, actually three more for me. Um, so Bianca and Marianne have a very short scene about how to deal with their boxer husbands. Bianca's basically saying that uh, Adonis is not there, like he's not the same. He's going through some stuff. She doesn't know how to help him. He's distant. And Marianne, who has been there before and understands this, is there to kind of coach her through that, much like Rocky coaches uh, Adonis through his stuff. So I thought that was good. I, w- I kind of wanted more of that. I wanted to see a little bit more from Marianne and Bianca here, but it is a really good short scene. Okay, and then maybe my favorite scene in the entire movie is when Rocky decides to visit uh, his grandson. And, you know, do and I have two kids who are in college now as of this recording. And the the reason why I love this scene so much is because, you know, throughout, uh, from Rocky Balboa through Creed Two, it's pretty clear that Robert is trying to be his own person. And the way that he believes he can do that is kind of by stepping outside of his dad's shadow. And every time his dad kind of gets back in the limelight, he takes it very personally. And that, that that's what distanced them in, in Rocky Balboa. And he had to sort of accept that. And there's not a lot from uh, from Creed One as to why they are still, you know, not necessarily uh, close as you would have expected, especially because, you know, Adrian and now Pauly are gone. But it's it's really hard uh, as a dad when your kids sort of reach that age of where they don't really need you kind of day by day as much. And so you try to find your way into their life in a way that is both helpful for you as a dad and for them as a son. You don't want to be too overbearing, but you don't want to be too distant. Like you want to, you're, you're trying to sort of figure out what the perfect relationship is. And that is a really hard thing to do. And so when he sees his son and he sees the grandson, you just see this look of emotion that just goes over Stallone. And when I saw this in the movie for the first time in the movies, I mean, my kids were, were right next to me as we watched it. But man, I was like, I just felt that emotion. And I like the, the whatever Stallone c- conveys there, um, I don't know if, you know, we, we talked about Sage, you know, his, his, how uh, doing uh, Rocky Balboa, part of the, the muse there for that character was uh was sage and so um you know i actually i'm sorry not rocky balboa but the first creed is because sage had had recently passed away and i don't know if he went back to there but man like i just was like oh my gosh this is like the perfect feeling and he doesn't really say much but everything in that scene is, is is so perfect and as a dad myself i sort of you know, I'm not, I'm not where he is. Obviously he's, he's quite a bit older than me, but I just felt like, man, you know, he got that emotion perfectly. Yeah. This whole scene, because this is, this is part of the scene where Donnie goes to visit Apollo's grave. And all of this is just really powerful. You find out that like Donnie has never gone to visit Apollo's grave up to this point. And now he's kind of doing what Rocky does with Adrian and Paulie. It's kind of showing his maturity a little bit. Like he's filling in his dad. He's like, what's going on with his friend Rocky? What's going on with Marianne? 
and then meanwhile you're you're actually seeing what's going on with Rocky. You know, he's going back to, to visit R- Robert, and also as he, as I said, you also see what the, the, the Dragos are, are, are back together as well. Um, but what I like about when Rocky goes to visit, visit, visit Drago, there's a couple of things. Like, you know, he's introduced to the grandson and he says, like, you know, you look just like his mom. And the kid really does look like Adrian. <laughs> I, like, I, could, I could totally buy that this, 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 this was Adrian's grandchild. And the other thing I liked was that, again, it's another fan service thing, is the ball Rocky always has, he gives it to his grandson. Yes, he does. That's the ball that they're going to play with and they're going to play catch. Yeah, and like he, he has, you know, he's had that all throughout the, these films. So it's, it's kind of just a little passing of the torch mode. But what I do like also about this is that like it feels like it closes the loop for the Rocky character in this universe. You know, he's got his happy ending and he's able to like move forward with his life. And, you know, I feel like, you know, it separates him from Donnie a little bit where, you know, Donnie can push on with his own own story. So the one scene that is at, not actually in the film, but is... One of my favorite scenes, it's it's a deleted scene. It is right after the fight. Adonis sees Victor in the locker room and Victor is sitting um, and, and obviously he's just emotionally spent, his head's down. And Adonis goes over and sits next to him to empathize with the loss. He tells him that he has to know he's more than just one fight. They both are. And then Adonis sees Ivan, and he stares him down. Like, there's still, you know, he, 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 gets, he definitely gets a reaction while, while he sees Ivan. And then he looks at Victor almost in, in, a, in a sad way, and because he feels sad for Victor, uh, it's almost like he, the anger for, for Ivan kind of goes away a little bit. And then... Rocky comes to see where uh, Adonis, what, what, what he's doing, and he sees Adonis talking to Victor. And then he sees Drago, and Drago just kind of gives him a head nod, and Rocky just gives him a head nod, and I think he may, like, pump, like, he just kind of, like, makes a fist or something. And then, and then it's over. And, like, I get why it's not in the film. One, because this film is actually pretty long. But, man, I think... You know, if if they were going to end it in that way, I think it would have been great. But then again, the way that they ended it was great too. So so they may you 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 may not want to have. Maybe they felt that they had two endings and and they chose the other one with the son, uh, with the sons, the three sons. So anyway, that I just thought that was an amazing scene. Did did you get a chance to take a look at that one? Yeah, I, and I loved it, and I loved that it exists. It, it exists. I can kind of see why they didn't use it. I think it's just a little bit, maybe too too of a too neat, uh, too neat a finish. It just packs everything away a little bit too too cleanly, and I can th- I think that's maybe why they didn't do it. I, I kind of liked the the ending they went with, but yeah, I'm glad they made it. I know how it feels. It may not seem like it now, but. You gotta know you're more than just one fight.
over. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really cool, and uh, you know, a lot of times when you see deleted scenes, you're like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that didn't need to be in there. Like, there, there's a deleted scene with Rocky at Spider Rico's funeral, and you're like, yep. That didn't really need to be in there. I, I get why they removed it. The, but the, for one, that, the, one, the one with Spider, like I, that's a really cool scene as well. But they, like it just it doesn't fit in any way to the narrative of the story at all. Like, yeah, I, I'm no not exactly with... <laughs> where would they have fit it, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. So, um, were there any other scenes that you had? Okay, one of them I wanted to mention, and I, I had already kind of alluded to this earlier, is where Bianca is playing her her concert i think uh, time tick is the song she's playing and buddy marcel has show shown up at the show and like he's telling adonis look this like you might not like what i've done but this is a, this is part of the game you know the, you, the, the story is about the, the job here is to get people talking and i got people to talking so whether, whether whether you like it or not it kind of serves your ends and he's like his line in it is he's like the rumble in the jungle didn't just happen somebody had to will it into existence and he goes like there were 77 heavyweight champions how many of them how many of them do you think those people remember and he's like just pointing to the crowd he's like maybe one or two they remember rocky they remember your dad um, how will you be kind of remembered for that? You need a legacy fight. The, what makes people remember them is that, like, you know, there's some kind of narrative that people get that they can bite, bite, bite on. And for you, th- th- this is this fight with 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 Drago. And what I like about this is just you can see how he's manipulating Donnie because Donnie's whole story is about validation, right? Yeah. And they, that's exactly what he's tapping into here. He's like, he's like, Donnie's whole thing is about proving that he belongs. And what he, what, what, um, the promoter is saying, Buddy is saying, is he's saying, look, if you want to be remembered, this is what you have to do. It, it's just like the perfect level of just slimy promoterness that mm-hmm. I think was missing in, um, George Washington Duke's character. <laughs> and, like you know at the end like he has this line where like donnie's kind of almost like dismissing him as like you know i don't need to do this right now or whatever and he's like self-preservation at least you have that over your old man yeah and then he says or is it rocky whispering in your ear again it's just playing on donnie's insecurities of like Okay, it, 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 this this isn't really about you. This is about Rocky, and it's about about Apollo. You 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 you're not the A side here. I think the one thing I wish that they would have added, and we've talked about this sort of the crossover between the Rocky universe and and real boxers. If he would have said something like, you know, they would know Ali, they would know Mike Tyson, and they would know your fathers. I think that would have like synced it in a little bit more about what his point was uh but you know it was still it was still really good and you know that's why i like uh russell hornsby um i thought he was very subtle as a promoter in this film where it he wasn't demonstrative like george washington duke but he had enough in the way that he was saying the dialogue that you knew that he was just like poking the bear but doing so in a way that you know you're not you, he's not the villain right he's not the villain in this film like george Washington duke was 
he's the guy who's just doing his job and i think that's a i think that that's a it's a pretty it's a pretty good character uh i, I just personally selfishly i wish they would have gave him a little bit more but that i i agree with you that is uh, his best scene um and like the other one that we mentioned was you know where the dragos are kind of welcomed back into russian boxing at that 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 dinner meet and what I like about that scene is like everybody's sitting around and you're aware that like the atmosphere in the room has changed and someone's come in, but you don't see who it is for a minute. And then you realize it's Ludmilla who's taken her seat at the table. And, you know, Victor storms off and Ivan follows him out and like, you know, what Victor's saying is like, he's like, I don't even know who she is. And, you know, all those other people, they turned their back on you. And, you know, now they're welcoming back and we're, we're, we're looking like a sure thing. They, they want us back, but they didn't want to know anything about, about us for, for a very long time. And you can see, like, Ivan saying like, well, I lost and you're not going to. That's the, that's the difference. But what I like about it is, is, is just like Donnie is trying to follow in his dad's footstep. The thing for Victor is he really just wants to make Ivan proud. He doesn't really care about any of the other people. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that goes back to the Drago character from Rocky four is he was literally just like, uh, you know, like like he was um, in the armed forces or something. Like he's this like trained killer, but he's a trained killer for boxing. And so that's kind of how that's that's all that Ivan knows when he is training and raising his son is how he was brought up. And you you know you sort of feel like you know if you're gonna if you're if you didn't like the way your life turned out, why why do you raise your son in the, in the same way? And that doesn't crystallize to him in, until the very end of this movie. Is there anything else? Um, no, that was that, that, that was my last one, aside from the one we already talked about, which is, you know, the ending scene where Donnie Fissett follows Grave. Okay, so now let's go to quotes. This movie is not as punchline heavy as as other films are i think there are some really fun back and forths but there's not like really you know there's no paulie here to add a joke to a line that that you know cracks people up but i have a few here and then uh, i'll turn it to you so the one you do that you you've already said is when rocky tells adonis that that guy broke things in me that ain't never been fixed again rocky has this vision or this memory of that fight and it's not a good one even though he won he only remembers the pain associated with having to to fight drago um and you know the punishment that he took personally and now he knows that you know that fight ended drago as well because uh, he lost the um the next one is he when when rocky is basically telling Adonis, how he's going to, um, the way that he's going to win this fight is he's going to have to take a lot of pain. And the way he explains it to me says, if you want to give the pain, you got to be willing to take the pain. And that is a, a boxing thing. Like, you know, one of, one of my, uh, one of the fighters that that reminds me of is someone like Evander Holyfield. Like Evander Holyfield 
would take a really good punch just to open up an avenue for him to land a really good punch. And then your toughest boxers are often like that. And, you know, that was Stallone's, that was Rocky's way of strategy. He's like, look, you, the way that you're going to win this fight is you're just going to be tougher than him. You know, you're, you're going to take his best shot. And when he realizes that you got up, then, you know, he's not going to, he's, he's not going to know what else he can do. It's sort of similar to, uh, to the Rocky Apollo series where Apollo would, would put Rocky down and Rocky would get up and he'd just be like, Oh my gosh, what do I have to do to this guy? And that was the strategy for that second fight. So I really like that quote. And then uh, obviously Drago telling uh, Rocky at Adrian's that his son, my son will break your boy. That is a little bit of an ode to, you know, I must break you from from Rocky Four using the same verb there. I like that. It's, it's subtle. It's not over the top. They could have, you know, he could have said it in like a different voice to make you remember, but you kind of had to think about it there. I like that. Um, Rocky again talking to Donnie saying, that kid was raised in hate. You know what I'm talking about? You weren't. Don't do it. He's telling Adonis that, you know, this guy is, <laughs> he's been trained to for this one fight against you uh and and you you know you you're 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 the champion you don't you don't have to do this and then my last one and and this is what we talked about with rocky stepping away and he points at donnie or he just tells donnie it's your time and in this quote i'll ask i'll ask you this now instead of waiting for our question seg- uh, segment when he says it's your time i think we both feel like that that kind of closes the loop on the relationship uh, as as boxer and trainer and as you know uh, father figure in a, in a sense now rocky is also baby amari's godfather so he's still going to be in 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 their life at some point but do you think this wraps the character of rocky balboa up if they continue to do more of these creed films I was go- this is a question I was going to ask you as well. And my feeling on this is I think as far as a narrative uh from from a narrative perspective I think this should be the close of Rocky's character. If he is brought in I think it shouldn't really be in a way to advance storylines. I think it should be more in kind of like as a talisman. Um you know when Rocky needs the inspiration or when Adonis needs the inspiration, maybe he gets a phone call from Rocky or maybe Rocky sits down for him in the dressing room before he goes out. And it's just a little cameo appearance, but you don't find anything further on in this universe uh, that advances where, what we know of Ro- Ro- Rocky's career. It's just like, you know, a little cameo role to, you know, h- help out Adonis when, when it's needed. I think that would be the best way to bring him back because I think as far as the storyline perspective, it's being closed off perfectly. Now, outside of this universe, if they wanted to do, you know, Rocky in some other film, you know, there's been talk about maybe doing a TV series or, you know, some other kind of spin-off and you you find another aspect of Rocky's character to tap into, I'd be very much open to that. But as far as in the Creed films, I think this is a closed loop. I think you're right. Um, selfishly, again, I would love to see this character come back with a little more significance. But I wonder if they do do a Creed 3, 
you know, because we, we talked about when, in the making of Creed One, Ryan Coogler had this idea. Um, I would, I wonder if he would have a little bit uh, of, of, uh, he could, you know, have some time with Creed Three because I imagine when he was making Creed One. He didn't actually have Stallone's blessing. Remember, we talked about that. So I wonder if he had some other ideas of what they could do if Stallone wasn't going to be in the film, and then they could, you know, they could utilize some of those if there is one. And you know, but there's also talk about Michael B. Jordan possibly directing the third one, which I I don't know if I like that necessarily because he would be a first time director. But just interesting, yeah. Th- that line, just that single line, just makes me think of a, a whole bunch of things. So, uh, what what about you for quotes? Okay, so the the one um, with Rocky and Drago in at Adrian's that I mentioned is, is um, you know, when Rocky says that was like a million years ago, and Drago says, "But yesterday to me, I love that just because like it shows that Rocky's done everything to try move past that and just mm-hmm. forget that and leave it in his past, and Drago can't because it affects him every day." Yep. Um. What it, what he said about Buddy Marcel's quote: the, "The rumble in the jungle didn't just happen. Somebody had to will it into existence." Like I really like that, just as um, like a nod to boxing history, and just mm-hmm. kind of just also just he's playing the promoter game, and it just kind of shows him as being being the promoter. Which I think he's he's the first guy that really I think does like a good job of in this whole series of portraying an actual promoter. Yeah, uh, is that it? No, um, there's uh, the scene where Rocky, like Marianne, has arranged for Rocky and Dottie to meet at her house, and um, Rocky's kind of asking Donnie what's important to him and all of that, and trying to you know get him to make this breakthrough, and you know at some point he says to him, like. Your natural style won't work against somebody that big, and um, Donnie just kind of goes, "Oh, yours was better," and he goes, "I won, didn't I?" <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, I, which I just funny. liked because it was it was a super tense scene up until that point, and it it was kind of like a little bit of an icebreaker between them, and you know, oh, yeah. they laughed and they were able to get back on the same page after it. Yeah, no, that was fu- that was funny, and that's the only time that Rocky mentions that film without like you know feeling like terrible about it. And so I, I like that little joke. Uh, that was good. Yeah, um, Mary Marianne's line: uh, "Don't make this about me, and don't pretend that it's about your father." Um, just kind of that kind of sums up very much what the whole crux of this story is for uh, for Donnie. Yes, absolutely. And one one more from Rocky, and you mentioned it already. Um, when he, he's preparing Donnie for this fight, he says, uh, "Since you're going back to hell, you might as well get used to it." Yep, yep. That's uh, yeah, like like I, I like you know. Now, I, I what I wonder is, so trainers. I don't imagine that trainers have all of these sayings like Rocky does just in their brain to inspire their fighter. Because when you're when you're working with fighters at, at a high level, 
you know, these guys know what they're doing. The trainer is just there to kind of keep them disciplined, but also, you know, styles and having game plans and stuff. But, you know, Rocky does have some great sayings. And I just wonder if, you know, some of some of these guys, you know, does, does Freddie Roach have these sayings in the back of his head that, you know, to help, you know, someone get through a final round? Probably not. But it is it is kind of a fun way to think of a coach and a trainer in that way. Okay, so let's talk about these fights. Um, we mentioned the first fight, which is not even much of a fight, which is uh, Adonis and uh, stuntman Denny Wheeler. Uh, quick one, I think it's a. Is it a one rounder or two rounder? Yeah, I think it's. I think, I think, I think it's like a one rounder. So not not much there. Um, but the second fight, the just just a first for for to take a fight that is like I think this is the first time they've built a fight in one movie and then paid it off in the other one yeah and the, the next one as opposed like well they, they obviously did that with rocky one and two but there's the same fighter i think like this is the first time they've you, you know they set up a story in you know one film throughout this, the, the series and you know paid it off in the next one and um, i'm gonna have a question about this later so I'll, we'll come back to it okay uh so in the training for the first fight with drago Lots of uh, uh, underwater training for Donnie. They, they don't, it's not really a montage, as in it's more of like an HBO boxing countdown special that we're actually watching in a movie. Um, and, you know, yeah, Don, they, do Donnie the, sit- they, they do the full like weigh in and everything, which they don't, they haven't done ever before in this series. Yeah. So I think uh, the song they use is Ice Cold by Finn Staples, but it's only it's only quite a short tra- training clip that kind of transitions into that um that that HBO countdown special and kind of fight week type stuff. And so the first fight with Drago, you kind of get this sense that um, it, it is very similar to the I think at least to Balboa against Lang one, where. You know, Rocky's obviously been uh, he he you know his his manager his, Mickey has just been uh, injured and so he's kind of mad, and he just goes out there and thinks that if he swings with this guy, that he's so good that he's just gonna win and and that and 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 so like from a strategy standpoint, Adonis doesn't really go to what what they want him to do they you know the the, uh, duke jr has a plan for him and he's screaming at him like what are you doing like you're not even following what what the plan is and adonis is like you know i I know that don't you think i know that but it's like it's just something that you know takes him out of his game plan and uh you know he has a really strong first round um and i you know i think i think uh you know he's he's sort of feeling good about himself a little bit but then uh, you know, Drago, uh, Ivan Drago basically tells uh, his son how to kind of bait Donnie and he baits him and, and he, and he drops him in, in the second round, gets dropped right into the ropes. And then, uh, Drago then breaks his ribs and Donnie, you know, kind of gets up holding his ribs. Duke wants to call it Creed saying, you know, you cannot call this fight. And Drago's uh, inspiration for his son is like a really negative way to to kind of get him going. He says, uh, people look down on them, and that's why his mom left him, left them, is because they they are there to do a job, and they're not doing it properly, and that's why they're where they are. 
And so then there's another rib shot, and Adonis goes down to a knee, and then Drago drops him on his knee for the disqualification. Now, I'm, I'm not going to save this for the questions because I want to a- ask it now. The disqualification storytelling, do you think it's more powerful for this, for this to uh, end in a DQ? Or did they just not want to do the thing where you trade the belts back and, and Drago wins? Like, what do you think was the reasoning for having the DQ storyline? Yeah, I, th- I think they probably felt that it would be too close to R- Rocky Three to do it that way. That that was my 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 reasoning that like it was just to keep it keep it fresh. Yeah, I agree. I, I would agree with you. There's a little uh-huh. kind of nod to Rocky Five in this one as well, with with like you know the way Rocky's watching Donnie on the screen, the way he was yeah. watching Tommy Gunn and talking him through the fight, and it, only this time like Rocky's seeing like all the mistakes Donnie's making and he's like, he's calling it out. So you kind of get the, the feeling like if Rocky was in in his corner, maybe he would have been able to guide him a little bit better. But, but Donnie was just so mad and fighting angry that maybe it wouldn't have made any difference. Okay, so for their second training sequence, like I mentioned, it's a little bit of a throwback to Rocky IV. Uh, Adonis trains old school at, while Victor is just destroying guys and sparring. Um you know, the, the Adonis has to prove to himself that he's got that killer instinct in him. He needs to turn himself into a killer for this fight. What did you think of the desert theme to the training to Rocky forcing Donnie to push himself into things using this old trick of keeping your foot in the tire so that you sort of stay in the phone booth when you when you're sparring? Like, what did you think of that whole thing? The thing that I like about this is like it's trying to prepare. Donnie, Donnie, to combat what, what, what exactly what you're seeing Drago tra- training for, and 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 what we saw from him in the first fight, and that's kind of how fight prep works, isn't it? You know, you 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 know what a guy's strengths are, and you try to try to avoid them. You see, like Drago's working on the body bag with his dad, like he's hitting the, like he's thinking about targeting those ribs again, and you know, with Donnie, he's working on. T- toughening up his body like he's getting hit with the medicine ball and stuff like that in the in the stomach um you know um obviously uh, the big problem in the first fight was the length you know Ro- rocky's t- teaching him how to fight inside so you know how, getting him used to t- t- tying him tying up his opponent and fighting where he can't can't give him any room to breed um and just ma- 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 making a, making it t- a tough, miserable, f- miserable fight. Not like giving Drago the space to get o- off those big shots, um, you know. And just putting him through this like grueling set of exercises and to give him the mental strength to come through this because Donny hasn't been in kind of one of these slugfest f- fights before. So I think like in terms of you know. Uh, like the story they're trying to tell, I think it's perfect for that. And um, I also lo- really like, uh, you know, the 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 way they use the music for this. It's kind of a mashup of of three songs. It's like um, it's it's J- Jacob Banks. Uh, you might find me. Um, it's l- like Ludwig Göransson who who d- does the score. Um, it's the song he used in the first film, Fighting Stronger, and you know then it's like 
the, the, the rap on it is from Ace of Rocky. It's from a song called Running. And like it's three blend together just really well. It's like, I think it's about a six or seven minute track all, to get, all together. But I think it just is really perfect for this desert scene. I, like I really actually like this. I liked it a lot better than um, the, the, the way they handled it in the first film. Okay, so the fight happens and the first round is uh, about a push. And I think Adonis surprises a lot of people. Like I said, he's a 25 to 1 underdog. And, you know, he's he's definitely moving. He's seeing things coming. He's fighting really smartly. And uh, Rocky, you know, Rocky wants a phone booth fight. He doesn't want Drago to be able to throw bombs from the outside. So uh, Drago takes over in the second round. And then we kind of get fast forwarded a little bit. Uh, to some dialogue between Ivan and Victor. And Ivan feels that the fight is slipping away a little bit, like Victor is not dominating like he expected him to. So he tells him, you know, to, to go back to the ribs, that, that that's where we can target this, uh, you know, to, to hurt him again. And so he does it. Uh, Drago drops him. Uh, it's well, a bit of a I'm, cheap I'm gonna, shot. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward a little bit um, to the tenth round because this is where really where all the action happens. And so we have this, you know, first nine rounds. Yeah, uh, I think it's pretty clear that that uh, that Drago is probably winning the fight. But the fact that Adonis is a, a much more tougher and and he's trading back and he's throwing back and he has like these really good exchanges after people think that he's he's done for. So we get to the tenth round. And Drago drops him for the third time. And so you're just like, oh, again. And, you know, the ribs are hurting and uh, Adonis gets up like right at, you know, right at a late count. And, you know, it really is just like, again, like just thing where you're like, man, this guy is just not, you know, he just keeps coming back. What do we got to do? And so finally, Adonis drops him in the in the tenth in the same round with a little bit of, you know, dirty boxing himself. He's kind of ho- holding him to open him up. And I've, uh, Victor goes down. So uh, so there's a little bit of an ode to Rocky One, where uh, Apollo, he was protecting his rib cage because Rocky was opening him up. And so he's like, he has to play a little bit, uh, a little bit like safe to protect his ribs. And so you see Donnie basically becoming a, a one hand fighter in certain instances because he's protecting his ribs. And so uh, he drops Victor again in the 10th. And this is where the power of uh, the Ludmilla character is, is really shows uh, flexes its muscle a little bit. She was there, obviously, because you know this is her son, and he's going to win the title and and be the biggest boxer. But he's disappointing her, and as he gets knocked down the second time, he gets up. She's gone. Ivan sees her leave. Victor kind of looks over, and he's like kind of wondering where she is, and he gets you know emotional. And then, this is the this has got to be the longest round in the history of the series, because <laughs> there's been three knockdowns, and finally, uh, Adonis Rocky tells Adonis like, if he gets up, you got to go. And every time, you know, every time Victor gets up, like like you could see Bianca and Marianne just being like, oh my gosh, we have to d- keep dealing with this. So he gets up. Adonis just goes to town, has him in the corner, just landing bombs and this is where ivan saves his son and he throws in the towel and the fight is over what did you think about that last round of just the storytelling and everything but man like 
so much happens in that last round, like maybe more than any Rocky fight ever in the series. Yeah, yeah, and also, like, you kind of didn't really mention it, but like, you know, when Donnie goes, when Donnie goes down, it does kind of look like he's beat a little bit, and you know, he looks out and he sees Rocky and uh, Bianca and Marianne. And, you know, they all want him to get up this time. And that's kind of yeah. what ins- inspires yeah. them to get... He, he can see them saying, like, you know, get up, get stand up, stand up. And, you know, that's when he starts pounding the ground. And that's when he gets back up and kind of really, really, really p- <laughs> puts it on his opponent. Um, I feel like this kind of... It felt a lot like the Rocky Four fight to me, which is what what, what I liked. You know, it, it, it thought the action was kind of quite similar in it, and they dropped a lot of um, like the cinematic stuff that they had in Creed One that I was saying I didn't like last time. The kind of the very clean, uh, like a, a cinema fight scene type stuff. I uh, like they got rid of a lot of that, and it's it's more kind of back to a Rocky style fight. You know, I, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed this one. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of drama packed into that last round. And especially, you know, because you see, as we talked about, you see that Ivan is considering throwing the towel and making the decision that, you know, Rocky wasn't able to bring himself to make in, in, in the Apollo Dra- Drago fight. And you know, like, like, you know, watching this, that like, if he throws in that towel, it's all it's 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 not going to be good for him and his son either because like he, he because like they're going to be back they're going to be back ostracized again like you know he knows what ha- he had to go through as a result of losing that fight to Rocky and you know by throwing that tile he knows that like his son that he cares about is going to have to go to go, go through that uh th- that same th- same thing all over again um but like it's the only way you can save him so you really feel for I- Ivan in this like last scene I think so the um I guess the last thing that I would say about this is there now uh, the Victor Drago character doesn't have a lot of dialogue, right? He's not, you know, he's not really an actor, but his emotion and the way that the emotion came off of his face in that last round after seeing that his mom was gone, I thought that was a really good for someone who's not an actor. Like, I just thought he really portrayed the feeling so well at the end there. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say he was like excellent or, or great in this movie, but that scene, especially, I thought he was very good for his lack of, you know, experience. Yeah. I think like, I think you care about his character after this. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, you know, we've talked about the soundtrack and the music. Uh, this, this is a, is a very hip hop heavy soundtrack. And, um, what did you think about the way that the music was used in this film? Sort of similar to the way it was used in, in the first Creed film, but I thought maybe even uh, more effective. Yeah, it is. I, I think it actually is more f- f- effective in it. They have both like um, a soundtrack for this movie and the score, which also has some some 
additional songs as a few like like, like as, as as opposed to just uh, the instrumentals like you know it has a few of te- the Tessa Thompson songs you know um it has as time ticks that she plays at the con- concert and also I will go to war which is you know she does it as Donnie's walkout for the final fight that's that that's on the the score um you know and then also you have like that version of running that I was saying by Asap Rocky that's mixed uh, mixed up with like the Jacob Spanks and the Ludwig Gurnson songs um that's used for the uh, the training montage. So I like I like that score a lot. Like I think I think it, it works very well with this film. Um you know also they kind of like they did in the first one they have um a smattering of the 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 Bill the classic Bill Bill Conti stuff used like in the climactic scenes of, of the fight, um, but also like the soundtrack itself. Well, it's not necessarily all music. I like. I think it's much more cohesive than the first one was in that like. They had like one guy looking overseeing this. Uh, M- M- Mike Will made it, which I'm not that really that familiar with Mike Will, but like. He he got a lot like he got, was able to kind of craft together a soundtrack for this that sounded like you know a thing in its own right as opposed to what like I've kind of felt Creed One was a little bit was like okay let's see who we can who who we can get songs from for this um, and you know and he got big 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 name guys uh, like involved in the project like you know Nas and Rick Ross are on there Kendrick Lamar's on there Pharrell's on there do, like doing exclusive songs Lil Wayne um. You know, there's a lot of big-name artists involved in this. And, you know, I thought, like, for its purposes, it worked really, really well in this film. So the uh, there's – I'll save this for the next segment, which is we're going to talk about sort of the facts and the trivia. But there is a little bit of of trivia about the score that, that uh, we'll talk about in a second. Okay, so let's talk about the trivia and the facts. So – uh, one of the fights was filmed during the Anthony Joshua and Joseph Parker fight in Wales. Is are is this the 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 um, the last fight that was filmed there? I actually hadn't heard that. I'm not sure what, 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 what which fight that is. Okay, so the, the, this could be wrong information from the internet, but I'll I'll look it up as we talk. I would have about to it. I would have to think it was that fight though, because like the other ones are the the other ones are are are, are about American about clearly American casino fights. Yeah, one at Barclays and one at the MGM. So I'm assuming it was the second or the last fight, because I mean it did look like a pretty big arena for uh for the fight it looked packed and everything so that's why i thought it was truthful but i'll I'll look that up to make sure so stallone sent dolph lundgren a text asking him to reprise the ivan drago role and he used the phrase sins of the fathers as a way to describe what the movie was about and uh, Dolph said that that was literally all it said uh, for Stallone's uh, idea to get him back. Um, and this is also what Stallone wrote on his Instagram. Uh, there was, a, I think there's a photo of, um, I forget who was in the photo, but there's like three characters from, from the movie. And it was about three, let me see, let me think about this. So two, it was 2017, right around August time frame. And uh, it said sins of the fathers in, in the, 
the the text part of his Instagram post. This is something I didn't know, but uh, it sounds like Brigitte Nielsen was pregnant during the filming, and so they had to shoot most of her scenes from the chest up because uh, she was about to have a baby. So uh, Adonis and Danny Wheeler fight at the new MGM, and Apollo and Drago fought at the old MGM in Las Vegas. I don't know if that was intentional, but if, if so, a nice little ode to Rocky IV. Um, and there is a scene that I'm not even sure got filmed, but there's a YouTube video out there where they show Rocky and Drago fighting each other in, I think it's maybe even in a hospital or something, maybe, maybe after the first, uh, Drago and, and, uh, and Adonis Creed fight. And there, you know, there's, it's, it's a, it's a video of them putting on a fight, but it what didn't show up in, in the deleted scenes. And I imagine if it did actually get filmed, it would have probably showed up in the deleted scenes. Have you seen this piece of footage? Yeah, I have seen that piece of footage, but I it like I I, I um, but I, I haven't I, I did like I was wondering why it never it never showed up anywhere again. Yeah, I just assumed that they just thought, eh, you know, we're not going to really film this because it was definitely a uh the 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 footage was them trying to pretend that they were having a fight. So these punches are missing like crazy. It's not like it wasn't shot in a, in a very tight way. So that I just assume that. Um, so here's, here's the piece of trivia that I was teasing earlier, which is our good friend, Vince DiCola, oh, yeah, composer yeah. of Rocky Four. He was originally rumored to return to score this film, but he stated on Facebook, I would have loved to return. However, that's just how Hollywood works. We don't always get what we want. How different of that would have been if Decola did actually score the film, do you think? Yeah, I think it would have been pretty radically different. Like, um, you know, it would have been interesting. But like, I, I think Gorenson on these two films did like a pr- pretty pr- pretty pretty solid jo- job i was like i was quite happy with like how i said last time how the music like even though i didn't wasn't crazy about the soundtrack i liked how the music came off in the film last time and i think this time it, he, he kind of built on that and uh, d- d- added a little bit more to it all right as we always do we talk about the box office so uh, this film went on to debut Thanksgiving weekend 2018 to 35.3 million, a five day total of 55.8 million, finishing second at the box office and marking the best Thanksgiving opening for a live action film ever, besting Enchanted and The Four Christmases. And, and, and covering its budget in that alone, I think it's like a 50 million budget. Yeah. Exactly. Beat it in the in, in the first week. In its second and third weekends, the film made sixteen point eight million and ten million, finishing in third both times. Um, over the five day Christmas frame, its fifth week of release, the film passed the one hundred and nine point seven domestic total made by the first film. And so overall, it would uh, in North America, it would do one hundred and fifteen million in do 212 million worldwide so when it comes to when we're sort of ranking and obviously uh films uh movies were a lot cheaper back in the day 
but at 115 million, it comes in fourth place of all the Rocky films behind Rocky IV, Rocky Three, the original, and the original Rocky. Now, when we talk about worldwide gross, it is third behind just Rocky. No, it is fourth still. Yeah, behind Rocky IV, Rocky Three, and the original Rocky. So, for a film that uh, you know that that. In, in today's day and age, fifty million is is good budget, not 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 this crazy budget, but uh, yeah, they they made a lot of money, and that that's really the uh, the I guess the story of this franchise. If you, this is probably kind of faulty math, but if you look at the budgets for all of the films, two hundred and four million dollars they spent making these films, and worldwide. Almost one point seven billion billion dollars in in uh, in worldwide gross. So pretty successful franchise there, I would say. Okay, so let's now. Uh, I think I had a couple more facts here. Yeah, so uh, this is kind of interesting, and I want to ask your thoughts here. So when asked about plans for Creed three, Stallone threw out there the name Deontay Wilder. To play the son of Clubber Lang, which to me is a little bit of overkill. I don't, I don't want yeah. them to keep going back to this kind of storytelling. And it sounds like Michael B. Jordan agreed to this story if the sequel was made. Uh, sometimes Stallone just throws stuff out there. A, I don't know if I want to see Deontay Wilder on the big screen. Um, he is a very entertaining uh, guy like on social media and stuff, but whenever I see him interviewed or whenever I see him doing anything else, I'm like, ah. uh, I mean, he kind of leaves a lot to be desired. But the son of Clubber Lang kind of is is a little, like if they didn't do the Drago story and they decided to do the Clubber Lang story, I think I'd be fine with it. But I don't think you can do those stories back to back. Yeah, that's that's the way I see it as well. Like I kind of feel like if the if the two options were do that or just leave it alone. I'd leave it alone. Um, like, I feel like, you know, obviously this, it's almost like this is the ulti- the ultimate story as far as like, you know, the Rocky legacy goes for Donnie. This is the biggest rivalry you could have made for him. And I feel like, you know, a, a rivalry with Clubber Lang's uh, son is a huge step down and it's yeah. a rethread. It's a rethread. So like, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be enthused about them going that direction at all. So for our epilogue episode, I will dig up all I could possibly find about Creed 3 if there's any information out there. I'm sure there's some. But the one thing that we can say is that Zach Balin is the person who they've tapped to write the script for a Creed 3 film, if there is going to be a Creed 3 film. And then uh, last thing for me, unless you have uh, anything else in this segment, but um, in July 2019, it was announced that the Rocky franchise as a whole will continue with another mentor-student film a la Creed, set post-Creed 2, in which Rocky Balboa would befriend a young fighter who was also an illegal immigrant. And we talked about this before. Interesting idea. I don't, I mean, I'm not sure 
uh, as a movie, how, how something like that gets made. But basically, uh, Stallone says Rocky meets a young, angry person who got stuck in this country when he be- when he comes to see his sister. He takes him into his life and unbelievable adventures begin and they wind up south of the border. It's very, very timely. I still I mean, maybe if still Stallone just says he's going to be in it, maybe that helps get it made. But that story in of itself, that seems more like a TV show to me than it does a movie. And then there was also information that, you know, he announced the development of a Rocky prequel television series. So I'm assuming someone plays a very young Rocky Balboa as a, as a young man. Um, those that That is a little bit, I guess, more interesting to me, but I'm not sure about the uh, illegal immigrant story for a post-Creed 2 movie with Stallone. This is what I was touching on earlier when I was saying, like, if they wanted to advance a story, I'd rather they did it outside of the Creed movies. And yeah, I think I, like, I don't know if that's the story I'd tell, but like, and I think it does seem more like a TV series than a film, but like, that's the type of aspect that I would be more interested in them approaching and like you know setting starting starting over again with it like a new story that's outside of these films and you know t- just telling a little bit more about about where rocky's rocky's uh, you know life is headed now that like after after uh, you know his run with donnie okay so uh i do have some questions for you okay a couple of other other things i wanted to mention there uh one Sage Northcutt at one point was apparently throwing his hat in the ring for the role of Drago's son. Did you hear that? Yes, yes, I remember that. That that, that, happy that did not happen. (laughs) I know, Uh, and and I mean he's small. He's like a hundred and eighty pounds or something. I don't. So I don't know how that works. Um, Another one. um, Did you hear that? Like there was meant to be an Apollo appearance in this movie as a, in a ghost scene after you know Donnie is recovering from his loss in the hospital and he's kind of woozy like he sees Apollo as a, go- a ghost and you know they have they I don't know they 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 converse or whatever did you hear about that and then there's another part of that is the in the fight the, where I mentioned where you know Donnie looks out and sees Rocky and Bianca and Marianne telling him to get up. There was originally an idea that like the voice telling him to get up would be Carl Weathers. He'd be saying, get up, son. Well, the, you could. I mean, he, he, the, there is dialogue from Rocky 3 where Creed is uh, yelling at Rocky to get up. So I mean, even if they, I, but I guess they wouldn't have the son part. I did hear that. I thought it was weird. It was almost like uh, Apollo Creed turns into a Force ghost, like in Star Wars, <laughs> because it's. But but remember when we were talking about Rocky Five, there was the idea to have basically Mick do the same thing, right? To be this like vision, like in in on the bridge or whatever. And so it's not like that hasn't been. So that makes a lot of sense, like as far as you know, if they wanted to do it. But I think wasn't. Um, I think that was Rocky's idea, right? Like, like so. I think the way that I read it is Rocky pitched it to Capel, and Capel was like, "I don't know how that fits really in what we're doing." Okay, um, and also, you know, initially it was kind of speculated that Sly was going to direct, and then ultimately he ended up not directing. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think if there was another film, you know, maybe? 
if he wasn't going to be in it as prominently, he'd look back as coming in as director. I was very scared when I heard that Stallone would possibly direct the second film. And I was very happy that he didn't. Um, I just thought that there are certain things that he would do that maybe wouldn't be as subtle as we as we liked about these two films. But when he got the writing credit, I did like that part because he knows his character better than anybody else. And so the writing aspect of it, I was not worried because I think he's uh, he's written this character fairly well throughout the years. But yeah, I was a little worried about the director part. Okay, so let's talk about the questions, and I'll start this. So the timeline of this movie is way sped up. They go through a lot of time in this film from when he fights Danny Wheeler to when he beats uh, 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 he beats Victor. Do you think that the movie moves too fast um, and skips too many things or or did you find the pace to be okay i feel like as a movie itself it works really well right but i did and this was a question i was going to ask you as well was like did they bite too much off in this one film like rocky four is kind of in the original run of films is rocky's ultimate battle right i feel like they got to donnie's ultimate battle in the second film and, and this is one of my pet peeves is as well, is that like his journey to the title is like sold as nothing in this film. Like it's like it's within the first few couple of minutes of the film, like, you know, they give away Donnie's big title win and you only get a chance to have that world title. Win. Like it's something that like, you know, drives me nuts in like um, in wrestling and things like that when like, you know, you build up a guy to caring about him and you give him kind of like a really cheap first tile win or cheap first tile reign. And I feel like that's kind of what they did in this a little bit. Like there's not a big build to Donnie's championship win. It's not played off as a big deal. And I thought that kind of probably sped up where you can go with this character. I think it kind of accelerated you to to, to, to the final stop a lot quicker than had they uh, slowed that down a bit. And just in general, I think, think there's kind of comparisons to Rocky 2 and how much storyline they speed through mm-hmm. in the early part of uh, this movie. Like, you know, with him, with him getting engaged and, you know, the baby on the way and, you know, then winning the title in this case. And also like, you know, then his ultimate rival, emerging all within the first like you know maybe 15 20 minutes of this movie yeah okay we we broached this one a little bit uh does this fight have to be in russia i'm saying no i'm saying if this were not creed 2 based on rocky 4 this fight happens in Las Vegas or at Madison Square Garden you don't have to fight this one in russia even if Victor Drago is the is the, the you know maybe, maybe he can be the A side even though I still find that to be a little a little faulty. But what did you think about that storyline? Yeah, I would, this is another one I was going to ask you about. It's like, what is it about the Dragos? Like they're they're like the Floyd Mayweather's of negotiations. You know? like, <laughs> get pretty much everything their way. Like in Rocky Four, Drago was a, like 
and no claim whatsoever to be able to ha- ha- have the fight in, in r- 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 Russia and like with like at Christmas but he got his way and here again right Donnie is A the champion okay and B Victor's just got disqualified in this last match so like I feel like Donnie has some negotiation cards here in his hand yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I I forgot. There's actually four fights in this movie because we see Drago knocking out somebody on HBO Boxing. So there's actually a fourth fight. I didn't I just realized that when you were talking. But yeah, so he does have, you know, the one fight after uh getting disqualified. But still, it's not, you know, it's not like he is uh, I, I I would like to see the economics from uh, Buddy Marcel. He's got to he's got to show me you know, what kind of gate they're going to do in Russia versus what you can do in Las Vegas. Or, you know, maybe he's uh, m- maybe that maybe that Russia, you know, was was the site fee. They they paid him a gigantic site fee like he just couldn't turn that down. Um, OK, so. In this mythical universe, how many pay-per-view buys do you think Creed and Drago two do being that they are building off of this historic, like, let's say, I don't, you know, let's say Joshua and, and Wilder or Joshua and Fury have this fight and there's like a death of their parents involved, like a Hatfield and a McCoy's kind of thing. Like, I feel like with today's boxing audience, they would, you know, the way to get the casuals is to kind of do something like that. I feel like this does like two million buys or something in the United States alone. This seems like a storyline that is built for pay-per-view. Yeah, like I think like this is one of those ones that like the first fight between them would have been huge and then after the disqualification and like people wanting to see can Donnie rally and having Rocky back in his corner and if that would make a difference, I think that would be absolutely a massive second fight of even bigger than the first. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... I already talked about this and, and we already kind of went over it, but um, even if like, what is there, is there, okay, I'll ask it a different way. Is, could there be a better finish than the throwing in the towel finish? Is it too cute or is it just the perfect amount of, of emotion? Because I was trying to think of, okay, if they, if they didn't do that, like what could have been a better way to end this and I don't know if, you know, maybe it may, maybe the other way is Drago's like, like forcing his his dad, like, you know, he's forcing his son to, to do something he doesn't want to do. And it sort of mirrors Rocky Four, where Drago basically saying, you know, I'm fighting for me. And then, and then you could have the son do that, but then he loses. So I don't know. But I was like, I, I think this is the perfect finish. I couldn't think of a better way to end this this fight. Yeah, I think it's like it's perfect just for all the reasons I said. Like you know, drag. Like firstly, it 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 kind of redeems Drago as like you know he realizes what's important. Like he tells his son that it's okay, but it's all and it also makes you be able to identify that a little bit more with him because he's had all this hardship that he went through from losing the fight to Rocky, and he knows now that his son's gonna ha- him and his son are gonna have to go through that same thing again. But it's like it's like he just like okay, that doesn't matter. Like when you see them back training together the next day, you know, it's like they put it behind them. They're like, we don't need those guys around us anymore. We're going to, we're going to go and do our own thing and pay for our own way. So this is related to the Netflix idea, but there's a deleted scene where Rocky is teaching some kids 
how to throw punches. And the scene is basically there because the the kid the children are saying, you know, are you a, are you going to train Adonis again? And he's like, oh, I don't think so. But it made me wonder if you know to further extend the Rocky Balboa character. Do we want to see him with new characters, or does it feel like like? It almost feels like um, they're just trying. It becomes like, you know, how else can we make money off of this character? I just I feel like when I saw that scene, I was like, okay, how do I feel about watching him with these kids? Could there be a different thing out there based off of this? And my my thought was, I don't want to see it. It feels like it's a a little bit of um, of a bastardization of the character. Yeah, like I think you you, you, I I think you roll that dice every time you go you go out again now like because this has been wrapped things up so perfectly every time you go out again you run the risk of like is this the one that's too many and you don't want to do that yeah so uh do you have any questions okay i asked after rocky four was drago a sympathetic character how do you feel about him after this film i say Yes. And I don't want to say too much more because I have this. uh, I want to say something about him when we talk about who the MVP of the film is. But I do find him to be sympathetic. We realize through the Drago character that he was this propped up thing. And you know, much how uh, much how a pro wrestling baby face facing a heel from another country gets the USA chant, even if he's not like this pro USA character. I feel like that was what the Drago thing was for, was to make Russia or back then the Soviet Union, the, the most powerful country in the world. And he came to the realization that it was just a, a put on and it wasn't like a real thing. Which is why I didn't really understand early on why he would put his son through the same thing. But then when you get to the end and you see that he does have the uh, sympathy for his son, he is human. He's not just a machine. Uh, I do do really feel badly for that character. What do you think Rocky was afraid of in the Fichter match? Is it? that he's haunted by history and what happened with Apollo or do you think it's more comparable to what Mick saw in Rocky 3 we've been told that like Adonis has beaten Wheeler at a time when he's passed his best and you often see in boxers that like you know like in a lot of boxers, like there's some guys who go on, they win a title and they use it to motivate them to, to you know, go on to bigger and better things. And then there's a lot of boxers also who, who will tell you that like after they win the title, they're never the same again because they've achieved what they set out to achieve. And with Adonis's character and with it all being for him about like, you know, validating himself in the eyes of the public, do you think like, is Rocky maybe looking at it in the same perspective as Mick was looking at it in that like 
Adonis has done what he had to do in the support. Now his story is told. His eye, his eye isn't on on this the way it should be to take on a guy as dangerous as like you know F- Victor is. And the reason why I think of that is like it kind of reminds me a lot of the dialogue between Rocky and Mick in Rocky Three, whereas. Initially, Rocky is telling Adonis, oh, this guy's big and raw, but like, you know, he's no great shakes type of, type of thing. He's unpolished. He's, an un- he's still got a lot of work to do. And like Rocky sees in Mick, he se- like he sees that, hold on, you, you, that, this, is, this isn't true. You don't believe I can win this fight. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that Adonis comes to realize in his discussion with Rocky outside his house. He's like, Hold on, you you think he's big and he's rough and he's raw, but and he's no no perfect fighter, but you don't think I'm capable of beating him. So what do you think it is, which is deterring Rocky from 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 being involved in that fight? You know, I didn't make the Mick comparison like you just did. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think. It goes back to what we were talking about, about how he has to, um, you know, kind of take care of uh, of Donnie. Like he's he's got to be the one to help him and guide him and be a manager. And I, I think he doesn't want the responsibility and the heaviness that he's had to take or carry with him over the past 33 years of not throwing in the towel for Apollo, I I don't think he wants to relive the responsibility of what could happen to his fighter on his watch. And the thing about that is, is though it's, it's sort of like, you know, you would think about, well, if he, if it doesn't happen, you know, if the fight doesn't happen and you get your way, then so be it. But by not training him, you're not protecting him because he's going to fight anyways. And so it's a really a flaw in Rocky's character. And I think Rocky's character, he explains that he is a flawed person. The thing about he can't call his son, the thing about, um, you know, in, in Creed one, where he did not want to, you know, get better for, from, from his illness. And so I think that, you know, it's, it's another thing where, he often makes the wrong decisions, but he ultimately comes back to what is right. And I just think that 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 was too big of a burden for him to want to relive again, because as he said in a couple of other scenes, like just dealing with that, dealing with the thought of that fight all over again, like, you know, it, it, it broke him and he doesn't want he doesn't want to have to go through the the burden of that again. OK, the last one, um, you know. I kind of said that I thought this they'd kind of burn through a lot of storyline in this one. And, you know, they'd kind of given you what should really be Donnie's ultimate fight. Um, who is there left for him to fight? <laughs> if he goes on, how do you progress? What's the next step for Donnie, Donnie's character? Yeah, that's a hard one. And that's why... When we get to Creed three, like how do you even do Creed three? Um, I don't know. Like I, I don't know if there's a natural evolution of the character because, like you said, they told like two movies worth of stories for this one, and so what is what is he left with? Um, 
you know, being a dad of uh, of uh, a daughter maybe who is hearing deficient and and trying to fight for that. Um, but but see what happens is is when you get further into this thing, there's got to be something pivotal. And Stallone knew this with uh, with the other movies, which is you have to give the character a hurdle. And the way Stallone did it was he killed off character, so it could be Rocky dying, right? Like that could ultimately be the reason for him to go on is something happens and Rocky dies and that is his motivation. I don't want to see Bianca. <laughs> I don't want to see anything happen to Bianca. Um, I don't want to see anything happen to Marianne. I don't want to see anything happen to Rocky either, but I would get it. I would understand it if that was the pivotal reason to have Creed 3. But yeah, I I can't I can't imagine like a boxer to, you know, that there's a that there's a reason to have another fight. It's got to be something else related to him as to uh to carry on for a third movie. Okay, let's talk about the pet peeves. Obviously, the one that I mentioned was the flying one, which I don't feel like was explained uh very well. But uh, the only other one that I have before we get to yours is the story with the light in front of Rocky's house. He talks about it. He mentions it to Donnie. There's a conversation that he has on the phone with the city. And I'm not exactly sure why the this story is, is in this movie because it's not paid off in any way. For me, like what this is just showing is that Rocky is missing Donnie and Bianca and you know with them out of his life maybe he's a little bit bored and he's fixating on kind of menial issues you know he's t- he's taking this thing with the light and taking it as like a very like dedicating a lot of time to it because he's just fixating on it because he's he's missing you know the characters that have been around him and he's he, he, like it's just showing that absence of of them in his life All right what about you as far as pet peeves Okay, well, like, the first one is, as I mentioned, like, the negotiations thing with the Dragos. Um, again, they get they get their way with everything. They're able to have this fight in Russia. You know, Donnie is actually the heavyweight champion of the world, and Victor has just been disqualified. So I feel like he has a pretty strong ca- ca- case to, like, you know, D- Donnie should be able to choose the terms of this fight. Yeah. That that one is uh, that's a good one for sure. Was there anything else? Um, I like the other ones. Like the one was that just like I think they did trivialize Donnie's title win a little bit just by having it like mean so little and it, to the big the bigger the, the bigger storyline in this one. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's paid off very early in the film and it's not really even made a big deal of. And I just feel like by doing that they've kind of speeded up this whole story a lot and where they can go and I think that kind of makes it difficult for them for the next step of the journey I think they maybe just bit off like in the pacing uh, they bit off more, more than they should have uh, in this movie like as I said as a film I think it's really effective but you know maybe just from a longevity standpoint they, they could have slowed things down a little bit alright are we ready for MVP yeah all right, I want you to go first with this one. Okay, again, I'm going to have like a one and a one A. <laughs> and my one is Drago, Drago Sr. Um, 
And a, a big reason for that is like, you know, as we spoke about in Rocky Four, he was brought in to be this very one dimensional character. And, you know, when they come back, like he comes back with something that has a lot of depth. There's a lot to connect to connect with and identify with his portrayal in this film. And it's not just that, like, you know, they give him more, which they do, but it's also like it, it feels true to the character, you know, and he knocks that out of the park. Like, you know, he's not changing in any way that's not fitting with who he was before. It's, it's it's not like suddenly turned over this new leaf and it's this super nice guy, but it's a very real person that you can identify with. And I think that's what I like most about kind of what they've done with his character. They've it t- turned him into this kind of very fully realized uh, three-dimensional character that, uh, you know, with so many more layers than he had in that first film. I agree with you 100%. And he is my MVP of this film. You know, just to, to contrast the glossiness of Rocky IV, the way the music is is uh, is used and the brightness and, you know, it's night, it's the, it's the 80s, right? Everything is bigger. And the way that the character of Ivan and Victor Drago is, is is sort of uh, emphasized to us is that it is the opposite of that. It is dark. It is dingy. They are uh, at least Ivan. He's very mad at the world. His son. Is, he's using his son as a tool. He's um, just everything is unfair. And the and the all the scenes uh, in Russia are dark and grimy. Um, there's not a lot, it's still not a lot of dialogue. Like a lot of what Dolph Lundgren does is just in the way that he looks and his facial expressions and how he dresses. He, uh, from what I understand, he gave the character a little bit more of like a downtrodden, you know, he limps, he, he doesn't, he doesn't walk well. He's still a very big guy, but you know, he's an old man now. And I just think the way that he plays this character is amazing because the one flaw to this movie that could have happened but didn't because it is pretty smart is that the Drago character doesn't exactly work because it's not like Dolph had a lot to play with, right? He, he, like you said, it's a very one-dimensional character. But him giving it the depth that it needed for this movie to work, to me, is why the, the movie works at all. It's like because because... Ivan Drago is who he is. This movie makes sense. And without this performance, I don't think this movie is quite as good. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's like in the conclusion, it's like it's like he's kind of set off on a new path that's super interesting as well. It's it's almost like, you know, when Rocky's talking to Donnie about like what what what's the important stuff? What's he fighting for? It it feels like Ivan also realized that in that fight when he saved his son, he real and and you see that when they're out running together afterwards, you know, and you know he's not mad at his son. Like he, he he's kind of looking at it as like, okay, we don't need these any, these other people anymore. We we didn't have them before. Let's just kind of go out our own way. And you know that's something that like 
I feel like I would be interested in seeing the next chapter of that story of of of, of pretty maybe of of all of what how this could progress. I'd like to see you know where do Ivan and Victor go after this, and that's something that maybe you know would be a nice on four, four parter on Netflix or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and you know Stallone even mentioned that he had an idea for uh, the Drago character. And and thankfully he did not do that, which is you know he was even more downtrodden and 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 maybe even dying. But you can tell that he thinks that there's some mileage in that character. So you know I would I would definitely be in for a story about the Dragos. Uh, but you know I, I don't I don't think you can actually sell that as a movie. So like you said, it would be better in a, in a TV show. Who was your one uh, B? Marianne, uh, I loved her in this film. I thought she had some really good scenes in the first film, but in this one, I thought just thought her role was so much more. Um, like as I said, she's she's the one who really needs to like to call Donnie out when he needs to be called out. And, like she's also like kind of the bridge back to Rocky, and you know she helps Bianca as well. Like I feel like she's like the the crucial central point of this story that pulls all the other elements together and there's just even little scenes in it that i that she was involved in that i really like you know one for example is like when they're like after rocky and donnie have made good um you know and donnie gets the call that bianca's having the baby and like they they rush to the hospital and like it's 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 like Bianca or it's um it's Marianne's first time seeing Rocky in years and years and years, but she's been like working things behind the scenes to br- bring him and Donnie back together, and you know it's only about a ten second scene where after after Adonis goes into the room with Bianca, uh, Rocky just looks at her and says, "I'm gonna do what I can." And mm-hmm. she's she's she says you just being here is enough, and it's just little things like that that I I, I think add so much to this story. I think she is brilliant in this, and yeah, like I don't I think it's hard to beat beat Drago just because of it was such a a big turnaround and like you know such a redemption of his character in this. But as a second place, I think Marianne is absolutely right up there. Yeah, she is. I don't know. I, I don't imagine you watched a ton of the Cosby show, but uh, she is much more uh, Claire Huxtable in this movie than she was in the first, which is uh, smart, ahead of the game, uh, sharp, witty. Uh, you cannot tell her anything because she's going to have something waiting for you. I, I really like that about this character. Um Okay, so I think we're done with this one. Um, we, Like I said, we will come back with the epilogue, which will wrap everything up in a, in a nice bow, hopefully. We'll, we'll get our rankings. We're going to rank all of the movies uh, based on our likes. And we'll probably even talk about some of the stuff like, you know, we talked about fights and training sequences. And, and, and I may ask you, I won't ask you to just pick one, but I may ask you to do like a top three of, you know, favorite fights in, in the series and favorite montages and, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll have fun with it. You know, we won't, we won't be as serious. We've been pretty serious on this because we wanted to really 
review these movies in, in a detailed way, but we can have a little bit more fun in the epilogue episode. So, uh, so for Do- uh, Duan, I am a double G. We'll see you next time in the final episode of our Rocky Podcast summer miniseries. Hope you enjoyed the Rocky Podcast, but last but not least, we cannot forget about our friends at Bet Online. Did somebody say playoffs? Playoffs? The NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of choices to win. The NBA is already near the end of the first round. It's kind of nuts how quickly this all uh, happened. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return to sports, and remember the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.